The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn presents... Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Kovnat, and this is the Next Big Idea Daily, the podcast that offers up microdoses of wisdom every weekday, helping you to live a better, smarter life. All this week, we're talking about relationships with Mark Schultz. Mark is a clinical psychologist who teaches at Bryn Mawr College and is the co-director of something called the Harvard Study of Adult Development. Now, we hear a lot about childhood development, but the Harvard study, which started in 1938, was one of the first scientific efforts to understand how adult humans can thrive. It was one of the first attempts to study what we now call positive psychology. They started by following a cohort of Ivy League undergrads and inner city Boston kids. Then they interviewed their descendants and compared the results to studies of other populations. And in the end, Mark and his colleagues came to one firm conclusion. The single most important thing for your mental and physical flourishing is the quality of your relationships. Also, you probably shouldn't smoke cigarettes, but if you had to choose one thing to focus on, it shouldn't be your abs or your career, it should be how you interact and bond with others. Good for you if you spent yesterday celebrating with your Valentine, but we're really not talking about romantic relationships here, or not exclusively anyway. It's healthy for you to have lots of different kinds of relationships, even messy ones, maybe especially messy ones. Here's Mark to explain, and then I'll be back to talk to him about it. Relationships of all kinds matter, but all relationships come with challenges. You do not need to be married to reap the benefits of relationships and live a good life. An intimate partnership can bring great joy, but we get benefits from all types of relationships. Close friendships, connections with relatives, parents, aunts, cousins, kids, people we work with, and even casual relationships like the person we see on the bus on the way to work or the person who delivers our mail. The fact is that relationships serve so many functions and help us in so many ways that we are unlikely to get all we need from one person. While it is clear that relationships are critical for our well-being, many of us struggle with aspects of relationships. This is not that surprising. Relationships are often messy and challenging and unpredictable. Differences of opinion or preference are almost inevitable in relationships, as are feelings of disappointment or vulnerability. Relationships, like life itself, are complicated. They come with joy and challenge, love but also pain. It is almost impossible to have one without the other. A good life, in fact, is forged from precisely the things that make it hard. Challenges are opportunities for growth. Learning how to navigate relationship challenges better is key. Relationships are messy and difficult. And I think your book is a great reminder that that's okay. And we there's a great value in pushing through that discomfort and difficulty. How do we do that? How do, how do we dive into the, the mess of difficult relationships? Well, I think the, the first step is really recognizing that all of us experience challenges in relationships, that by their very nature, 
they're hard to control, that people are unpredictable. We change if we think about a relationship between two people. Uh, we might have important differences that we bring to that relationship. Each of us is changing over time. So relationships inevitably are going to involve a uh, difference of opinion. There are going to be conflicts that arise. Uh, feelings are likely to be hurt. Relationships are certainly messy, but they also give us so much. We benefit from them in so many ways that the risk that we take in relationships is certainly worth it. But recognizing that all people experience those challenges is a helpful first step. It makes us feel like we're normal, uh, that this isn't unusual. Uh, if we experience those challenges in a very close relationship, like our intimate partnership, our marriage, we may, when we're younger, initially feel like, well, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe this is the wrong person. Maybe we're not going to work this out. Um, really helpful to recognize that most people experience challenges. Most relationships are filled with challenges. If they're not now, they might be in the future. So I think that's a, a critical first step, as you're suggesting. And also in this idea, you say that you don't need to be married to be happy. I'm curious, did you find that people who were in intimate relationships were happier on average? I think what we find is that that to be satisfied in your life, you don't need to have a single intimate relationship with a partner, a traditional marriage, that people thrive under all sorts of circumstances. In our modern world, people are exploring new ways of experiencing intimacy across a variety of relationships. And many people who have been married, been in a traditional relationship, have struggled in that relationship. It hasn't been particularly happy or it's ended in separation or divorce. And what we find from our study and other studies find this as, as well is that the benefits that we can derive from relationships, we can get from a variety of relationships. It doesn't have to be an intimate marital relationship. It actually made me wonder sort of the reverse of that question. Is it possible to be too attached to your romantic partner so that you isolate yourself from other kinds of friendships? Did you notice that pattern ever? Yeah, so, so what we find, and this is work that's been done by Eli Finkel, he has this idea about the all-or-nothing marriage, that if you look across the 20th century in particular, people became increasingly reliant on the person next to them, their intimate relationship, for all sorts of functions of relationships. So not only for intimacy and sexual experience, life advice or career advice or managing different aspects of our social life, that increasingly we put all of the things that we get in relationships, we put them, the responsibility for them on our intimate relationship. And I think that that's a challenge for people that we may be expecting too much from one person. So it's very clear that um, if we can spread some of the good things that we get out of relationships to more than one person, that there are some strategic advantages to that. That if we have friends that can also step in and help us or friends that have particular areas of expertise that we can rely on for a path through a challenge or figuring out a particular problem that we've had trouble solving, that there are advantages to that. So this idea about total immersion or total dependence on one relationship can lead to challenges for some people, but some people are able to make it work. They're lucky enough to have a partnership that flourishes even with the expectations that we put on them for, for all of those uh, contributions to our life. Okay, everyone, now that today's episode is over, you can put down your phone and go spend some time with the ones you love or the ones you like. 
or the ones you can hardly stand, but for whatever reason, they're still in your life. All those relationships are messy, but valuable and probably worthy of your attention. And if you could use some tips on better communication or parenting or friendship, you might want to download the Next Big Idea app. Yes, we have an entire app filled with actionable life lessons that can just live in your pocket. Anytime you're stuck, just pull out the app and some smart person is there with advice. And join me tomorrow for another conversation with Mark Schultz when we'll be talking about attention, what it is and what role it plays in your relationships and your life. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you next time.